This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio Cars. Like most of you, I drive a car or a truck. Well, occasionally, I need tires or just a simple plug or patch. Well, my friends down at Just Tires is the place to go when that need arises. Give them a call at 727-585-9271. They have a convenient location right at 1645 Clearwater Largo Road. You can't miss them. So for all your tire needs, cars, trucks, trailers, new used or just a repair, give Just Tires a call. 727-585-9271. Oh, yeah, and be sure and check out their website, JustTires.net. Do you ever feel the need for speed? Well, experience the thrill of indoor karting at Tampa Bay Grand Prix, located at 12350 Automobile Boulevard in Clearwater. Call 727-527-8464. They have state-of-the-art electric carts racing around a quarter-mile road circuit. Bring your family, friends, and teammates for some speed, fun, and competition at Tampa Bay Grand Prix Indoor Karting Facility. Call 727-527-8464. Visit their website at tampabaygp.com. a Vespa motor scooter in places that don't exist. It'll give you 125 miles to the gallon. The Vespa engine has only three moving parts. A tune-up costs $6. If you want a city car, you don't want a car. You want a Vespa. One of those little things that buzz by when you're stuck in traffic. Eccola, la Fiat 500. È proprio la piccola grande vettura. Interessante sotto qualsiasi punto di vista. Graziosa, vero? La 500 si intende. Potete guardarla dall'alto in basso e non si sentirà affatto in soggezione. È scattante veloce e tiene la strada benissimo. Prende pochissimo posto e parcheggiare è facilissimo. Appena il tempo di dire uno, due e il gioco è fatto. Piccola sì, ma ci si sta bene in una, due, tre, quattro persone. E per una visibilità totale potete aprire il tetto a piacere. Così l'azzurro del cielo vi sarà compagno di viaggio. Ovunque andiate, al mare o ai monti, la 500 vi sarà amica fedele. La 500 è tecnicamente modernissima, economica e maneggevole. Queste le doti che vi faranno entusiasti della Fiat 500. Hey guys, this is Courtney Hansen from Spike TV and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, listeners, welcome, and you are tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and buonasera for all my Italiano friends out there. Yep, I hope you enjoyed that uh, vintage Fiat 500 commercial. That was actually done back in 1955, and the Vespa commercial was done like right around circa 1961, so that was kind of cool. Well, I'll tell you what, guys, gals, run your computers and Google TamTalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studio. Grab us anywhere on the planet on the uh, computer via the intranet. Oh, by the way, I'm your show host, Robert. Okay, be sure to check out our website, GolfstreamMotorsports.com. And if you've missed any of our past shows, be sure and go to our podcast, which is also located on our website, GolfStreamMotorsports.com. 
And be sure and like us on Facebook. Hey, it's time for a radio giveaway. As all of you know, this week, actually for the last four or five days, Meekum's Classic Collectible Car Auction has been going on in Kissimmee. And I have for a couple of callers this evening. If you're the 11th caller and you call in this evening, I have a set of free tickets to Meekums this weekend. So give us a call here at the studio, 727-441-3000. That's 727-441-3000. Billy, how you doing tonight? You got that? How you doing? <laughs> are you going to give us an impersonation tonight? What are you going to be tonight? How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> who's, who's tonight's guest again? It's an Italian guy. It's a very a nice Italian guy, exactly. Okay, we'll keep the we'll always reveal the guest later in the show because we oh, want to keep what, it a surprise. Is his name Mr. Costa Nostra? No, it's not Costa Nostra. <laughs> anyway, okay, let's see where we're going here. Oh yeah, hey, for all you guys who tuned in last week, guess what? I wasn't here. I was in Scottsdale, Arizona, and I'll tell you what, it was a mind-blowing experience there. You had six auctions going on in Scottsdale, Arizona. You had the Russo and Steel auction, which I was covering for Sports Car Market, doing the auction uh, analysis reports. Gooding, RM, Bonham, Silvers, and of course, Barrett. And uh, just, you know, here, let me draw an interesting parallel. You had six auctions going on, roughly five, six days over there in Scottsdale, because it actually starts, Barrett starts on Tuesday, Russo starts uh, Thursday, Bonhams is Thursday, RM is Friday, and Goodings is Friday and Saturday. And then, of course, Barrett is Tuesday through Saturday. And so, collectively, I think there was probably maybe 2,500, 2,600 cars, okay, total. That's not counting the stuff on the outside, but let's just say the cars that were running across the block. At Mecums, they've got a total of 3,000 cars going through for a total of 10 days. Absolutely mind-boggling. And I will be there Friday, probably Friday and Saturday. So if you guys are interested in buying a car and you need somebody to look at some stuff for you, give me a call and check out my website. Again, it's GulfstreamMotorsports.com. I do pre-purchase inspections, appraisals, so give me a shout. Just go to our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Go to the contact page. Shoot me a uh, hey there, hi there, ho there, and I will get back to you. I'll tell you what, it's just mind-boggling. When you see the cars there, and you know, Gooding and RM... Uh, back in the 80s, when I used to go to Barrett-Jackson, when Tom Barrett and uh, Mr. Jackson were involved, uh, Tom Barrett was notorious for really, really high-end 20s, 30s, classic, great American cars, Cords, Auburns, Duesenbergs, V16 Cadillacs, Packards, I mean, you name it, just and just some weird stuff. Very rare Mercedes-Benzes, you know, the 540s, the 500s, Alfa Romeos, Aston Martins, okay, Bentleys, just amazing stuff out of the late 20s and 30s when cars are really starting to come in their own. And so in the 90s, Barrett kind of made a transition, and that was primarily due to the market, which, you know, the market got real strong because our generation started buying a lot of cars, and consequently, we like muscle cars. So, you know, the Camaros, the Shelbys, the Bosses, the Chevelles and all that kind of stuff just got really, 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 really popular. And uh, so that became the bulk of their business is those kind of cars. So they kind of got away from the high-end uh, true American pre-war classics. Well, in the meantime, RM jumped into town. Their uh, event takes place at the Biltmore in uh, Scottsdale. And then Goodings came in. There's, uh, theirs takes place at Fashion Square Mall, which is also at the other end of Camelback and, uh, and Scottsdale at the Fashion Square Mall. And the cars, I mean, just to give you an idea, the average sale was probably in the multi-millions. I mean, Ferraris were selling for three, four, five, six million dollars. Cobras, 2D9 Cobras that generally brought three, four hundred thousand dollars cracked the nine hundred thousand dollar mark. Uh, Mercedes-Benz Gull Wings, you know, close to a million, million plus, depending on what uh, they had for options and which years. 
you know, later ones being worth more than earlier ones. Uh, Lamborghini Murras, well into the millions, uh, early, low millions. Ferraris, anywhere from 500,000, 400,000 to definitely in the multi, multi, multi millions. I think the record was a 58 Ferrari 250 GT uh, Spider, which all the Italian open cars are referred to as Spiders, or we call them convertibles, cabriolets, is a typical European term. 8.2 million or something like that, you know, across the block. RM had another amazing sale there. Some of their Jaguars, they had a lot of 120s, a lot of um, E-types. Those cars well into the hundreds. Heelys well in the high 70s, 80s, 90s, you know, pushing 100,000. Unless it was a 104 with, an, with a, a rare Le Mans version, those cars were pulling probably, you know, over 100,000, 120,000. I mean, just amazing stuff. So when you refer to, you know, really, really, really high-end, I mean, perfectly restored cars. Now, keep in mind, the cars... On TV and in pictures, a lot of cars look good. But if you're actually there at Goodings and RMs and Bonhams, I might as, I might add, they had a, a car called the Minerva. I'm not real familiar with that car. And it evidently was made in the United States, but it brought close to a million dollars. It was a no sale, but it pushed close to a million. But these cars are amazingly, stunningly restored. Just just to give you an idea, you know, if you restore your average muscle car, if you have it restored, you're probably talking a thousand hours, Okay. If you restore one of these cars, these pre-war classics, because of the detail, because of the intricacy of the cars, you're probably talking three, four, five thousand hours. Now multiply that out by, uh, you know, a really high-end shop's going to charge you a hundred dollars plus an hour. So it could cost you four, five hundred thousand dollars to restore some of these cars. It's absolutely mind-boggling. Yeah, right. So, uh, <laughs> way to go there, buddy. At any rate, uh, hey, that was me, wasn't it? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Billy's at the sound effects machine right now, so he's going to surprise us with all kinds of upcoming goodies. But at any rate, just amazing stuff. So, like I said, this weekend is Meekums. Uh, they're certainly not RM, Goodings, and Bonhams, but they will have some nice cars. Now, Russo has some great cars there. Uh, you can read about it in, I think, uh, next upcoming issue of Sports Car Market or American Car Collector. They will be an article in there. And Barrett, of course, had an amazing array of cars. And there was a lot of good stuff and a lot of, you know, decent stuff, okay? You know, I mean, keep in mind, those auctions, as in the case with Mecums, you know, you're going to have a ton of cars. So, you know, people are rushing to get the cars to the auction and to sell them or to buy for whatever reason. So just be cautious. Make sure what you buy is what you want and what you really, really, truly like. And you look it over real good because what you buy is what you own. Because once your hand goes up or the paddle goes up, it's your baby. Now, a couple of events coming up this week. Actually, this weekend is the 24-hour race of Daytona. If you're a big Ferrari and Italian car exotic fan, the Cavallino takes place. Actually, started today. Uh, takes place down in West Palm Beach. And for all you guys that are like me on a budget and you want to attend a really, really cool car show, the Kaiser Devro Show or Devro Kaiser Show will take place in uh, Venice, just south of us, Sunday all day. And it's at the Venice Airport down near the beach. So be sure and check that out. Hey, Billy, let's go ahead and uh, play uh, whatever's on that turntable. It's going around and around and around. And then we're going to have our guest on here in a little bit. Now, here's another song that came out in the late 60s. It's an Italian song. I used to listen to this when I was a kid. Cool piece. So we're going to get a little cultured here tonight. Seduto, niente, c'era in tavola. 
arrabbiata lei mi grida che ho scioperato due giorni su tre coi soldi che le do non ce la fa più ed ha deciso che lei fa lo sciopero contro di me C'era lo sciopero anche dei tramvai Arrivò lì ma il dottore non c'è E il sciopero anche lui Che gioco è? Ma, ma come finirà? C'è il caos nella città Non so più cosa far Se sciopero mia moglie dice This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. If you like golf, enjoy affordable golf at Magnolia Valley Golf Club located on Massachusetts Avenue in Newport Ritchie. Play for as little as $15 after 2 p.m. The club has two beautiful courses to choose from, an 18-hole championship par 72 plus another 9-hole executive par 33. Join their open leagues on Wednesday afternoons at 4 and Sunday mornings at 8. Call 727-847-2342 for tee times or visit their website, magnoliavalleygolfclub.com.
pointers. Yes, I... Hello. Uh, oh, hello. Cynthia! Roberto, ciao, come stai? You've come back. Sì. I knew you would. You're gonna be our maid. Wait a minute. If you still want me, yes. If we still want mm -hmm. you, he was going to give us right no, arm, no. weren't now, you? Now, you told me you didn't want the job. That's what she told me. Besides, he doesn't look as if she needs one. Where did you get those clothes? My father. Come on, you yeah. can help me pack. Oh, no. Oh, no, you don't. I don't know anything about you, anyway. You're from Italy, aren't you? See? Si. That means yes. You don't say. <laughs> Are you a G.I. bride or something? Oh, si, si, yes. Yes, almost. Almost? Yes. What does that mean? Well, you see, I arrived. He didn't marry me. Good old American know-how. So I must go to work. Well, it's a very sad story, and I'm deeply touched, but I don't think this is the job for you. Besides, we're leaving the city. We're going to the country. That's wonderful. I adore uh, the country. Don't... Darling, what's wrong? Nosebleed. Oh, get me Deb Cross and hurry. Lie oh, down. Oh, that's She stays. Oh, now, listen to me. She can't stay with us. You know that guest house is too small. We'll be on top of each other. Thank now, try to look at it from my viewpoint. Oh, no, perhaps you better not. How are you, darling? Oh, that's fine, Cynthia. It's stopped. Oh. I was just about to do that. Stand up now. We will go wash your face. Come on, David. We'll help. Oh, you wouldn't believe it. Oh, hello, Alan. Tell me, you had any luck trying to sublet this apartment? Well, we lined up a few prospects, yeah. but they say the rent's too high. Oh, all right. Well, it's so late now. I'll knock off $25 a month. Good. The wife and I'll take it. Oh, I can't tell you what a help you are. Come on, let's get the luggage out, huh? I'm so sorry. We've taken a vote and it's unanimous. Cynthia stays. You well, can vote too, but you lose. Three to one. We figured it out. Oh, thank you. Who's she? Well, apparently she's the maid. Three to one. Upstairs maid or downstairs maid? Well, what difference does that make? Well, I wouldn't want you to wear yourself out running up all those stairs. Now, Alan, I want you to understand one thing. I'm getting her for my children. Adopt me. Hi, this is Jay Leno, and you're listening to my favorite, Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, in case you just tuned in, you're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And that was a little clip from Houseboat, which featured uh, Cary Grant and Sophia Loren. Okay, it's that time of the hour when I introduce my special guest for the evening. This gentleman is also a very, very well-known car enthusiast. He's also an author. He's a poet. He's a designer and a manufacturer. As a matter of fact, he has built his own cars. Okay, it gives me great pleasure to welcome to the show this evening, Piero Rivolta. Piero, are you there? Yes, I'm here, yes. Hey, buongiorno. Buonasera. Buonasera, yes. <laughs> so, how you doing? Very well. Here in Sarasota, Florida, it's beautiful weather. <laughs> well, yeah, now you're down in Sarasota, right? So you're not yes. too far from us. Yes, no, no, I'm here for many years. Yeah. Many years, okay. Well, now you, uh, as well as the car, let's go ahead and talk about the car. Your father started the company, it was called ESO Thermo. ESO, okay. ESO. And ESO built... What, refrigerators and scooters and what else Before did they build? Before it was called isothermos, when it was called refriger building refrigerator. Uh -huh. But after when he started to build motorcycle, was a funny name, so he cut thermos and remained iso. <laughs> okay. And uh, so, and then this was what, in the like late, early early to mid-40s, correct? When he started building yeah, the, the motor? Yeah, the isothermos started in 38 before the war, but the motorcycle, they started in 46, something like that, immediately after the war, yeah. Wow. Now, you, I was reading somewhere that the company started in Genoa, right? And then you moved to, was it Brescia? No, Bresso. Bresso, Bresso. Bresso is a little town, uh, little town next to Milano, just on the, on the border of Milano. Okay. But I still have my home there. 
Oh, okay. And uh, so then, the when when did the first car come about? The first car was basically the Isetta, right? Uh, yes, in the fifty. Now I don't remember all the date because uh, it was in the fifty. There, there is there is a book that called Isor Revolt to the Man and the Machine from Winston Goodfellow that give all the date precisely. You know, I'm a very creative man. Every every year, I invent something new, and the day that disappears in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Okay, that's a good thing. So, growing up in Italy, now Mi- Milano is actually like a big industrial town. In, yeah, yeah, sure. And it's kind of it's not really central Italy. It's kind of northern Italy, just below Sutero, right? Yes, it's very. It's about thirty miles from Switzerland, so it's very north. Yeah. Okay, and then how far is it from Venice? From Venice, I don't know about two hundred. 200, 200 kilometers, 250, something like that. Okay, so... You have to go east. Okay, so east on the Autostrada, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, now, when you were a child growing up in Italy, were you a, uh, a, a avid car enthusiast? I mean, when did your interest in cars take place? Uh, more than enthusiast, but I was a very avid, fast driver. Oh, okay. Father. So we like to drive fast, and... Uh, and the uh, father tried uh, all the car, Ferrari, Maserati, but they always had some problem with them car, you know. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> and uh, and they became, and they were at that time some of these sports cars they were looks like trucks, you know, they were very difficult to drive. So uh-huh. at the moment uh, he told me, oh, we have to do some car that we that the people can trust. So we have to use an engine that can go from A to B without stop, and we have to build a car that have a tremendous road holding like. The Ferrari, they had road holding, but the, the the engine was not very reliable, and and so at the end of the story, he decided to put this car together to start this because before we were building, uh, he was building the Zeta, the the motor scooters, all this kind of thing, and unfortunately he died, and so I went on uh, on this program, and uh, and so we 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 start to build this called this car was called uh, the company was Iso, but the car was called Iso Rivolta. And we have the Isogrifo, the Leather, the Fiji, a lot of products, you know. Mm-hmm. And we ended even to race in Formula One in the, in the 70s, something like that. Okay. And uh, and in 72, uh, I sold the company because everybody sold the company. Ferrari sold in 69, sold, uh, sold um, to Fiat, every Maserati to Citroën before. Every, because the, the medium-sized company, we have 350 people, they didn't succeed to survive anymore. They need big, big amount of money. It was not possible. Plus all the union problem and all this kind of thing. And uh, so I went out. But and also I did a big mistake because I didn't, you know, I went away from the car, sports car business because I thought it was obsolete because all this uh, speed limit. So why the people had to buy a sports car? And I was wrong because... Um, the people still buy the sports car, and I think we gave with with the speed limit they have an alibi with the girlfriend. So they say I can go 300 miles per hour, but but they can't because otherwise they put me in jail, not because. <laughs> <laughs> so so the and the, I I was always driving my car at the full speed. You know, we did a lot of bets uh, to Milano, Torino, in 30 minutes, uh, Milano, Rome, oh. in 30. In, we never tried to. We tried to go in three hours. We never succeed. Three hours in 20, three hours in 25. So uh, was really, I really liked to drive fast, and, uh, and and my father was also, and and that was the main the main spirit of of the whole thing. Like now, I'm building built a lot of sailing boats because I like to sail, but fast also. So all carbon fiber sailing boats and so on, and now also motorboats. So 
the that was a, the thing that drove us into this business. The Iso Revolta, the uh, where was that car built? Was that car the body and everything built in in house? Because you know, like the Ferraris and the Maseratis, a lot of them were done either by Pininfarina or they were done by Bertone or Ghia or Carrozzeria Italiano. Artaglio, um so where was your car built? And how? At the beginning, the the GT, the Isolivolta GT, was built by Bertone. Okay. And was designed with the period of Giugiaro. And, uh, but, uh, uh, and, and, and also the Grifo was built there. But uh, we had problem, Iso Grifo, but we had problem because the quality was not so good because, you know, the, 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 the body maker, he said, okay, he deal with us. He doesn't deal with the customer. Mm-hmm. So if the customer complained he was coming to us, not to him. You know? So at a certain moment, uh, 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 what is this company in Italy that went out to build? Touring. Touring. They went out to right. business. So I hired all the people from Touring, and they started to build all my all my car inside, in them, all the body inside in Israel Revolta. And we did the Lele. We did the Fidia, four-door Fidia. And uh, and we did the, the Grifo number, uh, second series. And uh, and and also the GT. So we went on to build everything in, in our plan. Okay. Now so we were building a chassis, the body, and uh, and all the finishing. And the only thing we were buying was the engine that was before a Chevrolet engine, the Corvette. And uh, and after uh, when we start to race in Formula One, we we race with the four crossbars, so we change uh, in, into Ford, and so we use Ford engines. When you built your cars, how much were you involved with the actual design and layout of the ESO Revolta GT? 100%. 100%? Okay, so... It would create problems to everybody to build what they wanted. Yes. No, because that's a beautiful car. I've always liked it. Oh, the I GT mean, was also the first one. Also, my father was still alive, so he was involved a lot also. Uh-huh. After he died. Now that car, see, a lot of Italian cars are aluminum bodied. Was that car aluminum, or was it some of it steel and some aluminum, or what was the composition? Yes, yes. Uh, the, the, we have some part in. I don't remember that. Though. The Griffo has some part in aluminum, like the like the hood and so on. Mm-hmm. Some GT they have aluminum. I don't remember if everybody, if everyone had one. I don't remember now. Okay. Uh, the one that I have here is aluminum, the hood. Okay. But, but <laughs> I don't remember how many. Because after the 500 of the GT, we changed a lot of stuff on the car. We improved the car. We did the, because before my father, the idea was to fight against, to make a big production, and, and go against uh, the Jaguar. Oh, okay. And and he invest a lot of money, and for us it was a tragedy. We didn't have enough money anymore to go on, and so uh, so when he died, I start I changed into target against Maserati, Ferrari, and uh, this kind of company that. You need much less volume. Everything is cheaper. So we upgrade a little detail here and there. And I have to say that in Germany, we used to sell, Isuri Volta was selling exactly the same, less, more than number than Ferrari, Maserati, Lamborghini, and the Tommaso all together. Wow. Because the German people, they they like to drive the car, and they enjoy the car. And, the, and, the, and they were really the performers, were the better performer at that time, you know, the best performer at that time. And then in, in, in Italy, perhaps they were to show the name and so on, like in the United States. But the German, they are really serious when they drive. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Outside of reliability and probably cost, why, what, are the, what was the reason you, went, you selected Chevrolet as a power plant in your cars? Uh, uh, we selected a, a, 
and we want an engine. Uh, that was the idea of my father. He wanted an engine that it turned not very fast. It don't turn too many RPM, mm-hmm. and it can bring you as a, a lot of torque, a lot of power at low RPM, and you can uh, take you from the beginning to the end of the trip. And and the, the Chevrolet Corvette was was a very good engine at that time. We had some problem with the engine. I have to say, the the most powerful one we the 365 horsepower, 350 after. Unfortunately. Uh, was was not designed for the for the use in Europe that the people they use the RPM and, uh, completely. So we found out that the, the connecting rod were breaking, and so we have to change all the connecting rod of this engine uh-huh. before we put the engine. And and we changed to all the engine. We changed the oil panel. We put the big aluminum oil panel, uh, more oils, and so on. Uh, because uh, here. They don't go to the to massive. I think that the engine was making 5,300 or 5,500 RPM. And um, on the highway, the people are going to that speed. Here, they go only for a few seconds. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, when they arrive about 18,000 kilometers or 20,000, the thing exploded. So we have, um, suddenly we have this crisis. We have a lot of engines exploding. So we find out was the connecting road. And, and so after when we... Bind the engine, we change, we design our connecting rod, and we change all the connecting rod, and after that, everything was perfect. Okay. Now, the ESO Griffo, which is a beautiful car, tell us a little bit about that, how that design came into fruition, and how much, how, how, where the inspiration for that design come from? Well, that was a discussion with Giugiaro, that he was working for Bertone, but was there, you know, I was very friend at that time, you know, with Giugiaro at the time, I'm still friends. And so, we start to think about a, a car that's should make the people turn around their heads, and then and we did two of them. We do the we did the 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 the, 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 the A3L, and uh, another one I don't remember the name. But after after we 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 gave that to Bizzarini, that uh, was the Iso Strada, Iso Grifo Strada was that uh, is called A3 something. That the, 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 there are some around, but. They're very difficult to find them, and uh, you can find the sister of that car is are the Bizzarini because it, uh, we gave the opportunity to Bizzarini to build this car. We were building practically the A three C was A three C, and um, the A three L was a beautiful car, but they have some problem. We built two. The one kept Bertone kept, and one kept, and they had some problems. So we redesigned the car at the ISO. And uh, we move a little bit the weight, and and came out the, the normal Grifo. That it was a fantastic car, a tremendous road holding, and was and we built we built so many of that car. The A3C went to Le Mans to race, went around, and and after because we didn't use anymore, was perhaps too sporty for our customer. Was given to Pizzarini uh, asked to build and to race, and we gave to him, and we were sending him all the chassis, all the parts, everything. He was buying the the body in some other place and put everything together, and that was the story of the two of the three Grifos. <laughs> and after will be the Grifo seven liter, and we put the four twenty seven, I think. Oh wow, that's a big motor. Yes, and uh, we have the Grifo, the Grifo, um, like a Targa. Uh, we have different the Grifo with the short uh, nose and the Grifo with the long nose was done later. That mm-hmm. yet we. We did the, the 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 light disappear, you know, and uh, 
and, and after we, when the, the the GT arrived at the end, we did eight or nine hundred. We decided to to start a new car similar to GT and was the was the Lily. Uh huh. And, uh, and 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 I want the four door because I like big cars that go very fast and the, and we designed this car that. You drive like a Grifo, but it's a very, very roomy inside, and uh, it was called Fidio. Uh-huh. From the name of the famous sculpture from Greece, and we went to present the car on the Parthenon in, in Athens, I remember that. Oh, really? Don't ask me when. Interesting. <laughs> we took there 25 journalists at that time, we put them on the Acropolis with the car. It was, a fun, it was really enjoyable. Wow. Um, the Iso Fidia, the four-door car, okay, yes. now that came... you. There was a period there where you made a transition from Chevrolet to Ford Motors, but the Fidia was basically targeted after the Maserati Quattro Porte, right? Is that was targeting the Quattro Porte? Yeah, that's no. that's the car you were going after, because like you said before, your dad yeah. was going after Jaguar, but you were going after Maserati and Ferrari. Yeah, at and that Lam- point it was kind of this big uh, his name, yes. Uh huh. Yes, um, uh, was a very very easy car to drive. It was very 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 pleasant, you know. The Maserati Quattroporte was very heavy, so that that was the difference of the two cars. Yeah, between the car, the, when you drive the you drive the Ferrari, the the, the feed is like driving a Grifor. You don't feel the difference. Uh huh. The uh, now the Isolele is actually named after your wife, correct? Somewhere yes. I was reading that, and that's a very pretty name. I actually had a chance to talk to your wife this afternoon, so say oh, hello. You're to, so lucky. <laughs> lucky. So say hello to Rachel for me, and then. Uh, the Isolele was that was the actually the, the last GT cars that you built, and they were very very pretty cars. They had the little sloping nose with the little semi hideaway headlights on them. Tell us a little bit about how that car came into inception. Uh, the front of the sloping nose and so on was the same that we put on the Grifo Second Series. Mm-hmm. We put on all the our car at that point. You know, we just uh, the thing that opened uh, a little bit to open to show the the, the lights. And uh, what came about the the the, the GT was was near to the end, was meant too many year around. So on the same chassis with some change we, we did this lele. And uh, and uh, and the story is that uh, my daughter the official story is that my daughter gave me a daughter that now is running the Zagato, my daughter Marella. Okay. And uh, and uh, and uh, so I decided to put the name of my wife on the car. This is the official one. An official one is different that uh, that uh, was a Christmas. They never gave the. I forgot to give a present to my wife, so I, I ran down the stairs. I found a big, a big, a big piece of wood, and I and I wrote, "I will give you a full line of a complete line of car, and we call Lele." And they put under the pine down to the, the <laughs> Christmas tree, and uh, but she she understood that it was a thing. Last one, last moment, she was always upset, and she never forgot forget for forgiven me. Up to now, you know, perhaps even not now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're still married, so I'm sure she did, so that's yeah, great. Yeah, she did, but, you know, sometimes you all invent something, you know, so <laughs> save your, your butt. Okay. Now, let me ask you a question. So, let's just take, from the time that you guys came up with the concept, and I've always, always been interested about this, so let's just go back to the ESO Griffo. From the time you came up with the concept, or not, yeah, the Griffo, how long did it take you to get that car from the drawing board into action? Was different from different models. Okay. The the Griffo was fast because we never we never did all the all the uh, tool to for the body it was it was most of the thing was done by hand all the time. You know? Okay. 
the the lele and then in the, the other one we have, we did all the molds so it took longer so it took, took about one year to get the grief was faster three or four months we were ready to go wow that's amazing but and we didn't invest too much money in the beginning we paid for it we never expected the grief was such as at that time the car you think they would use a car to with the family and so on i thought there was just something that people like but we never sell a lot so so and uh and so we, we didn't expect to make, to make so many. So we, we start to make 20, another 30, another 50, another one. We did a lot, you know. So we never spent a lot of money at the beginning for uh, to for the equip to, to for the tooling and so on, you know. So when when you what determined how many of those cars you were going to build? Was it the demand for the cars, or was it just running production changes that you wanted to do yourself in house, or how was that determined? How many cars you built? Of that product, yes. I don't know. We were thinking that, for instance, when uh, we did the revolt of the first GT, uh, we did a lot of equipment because my father was thinking about <laughs> building like a Jaguar. After when when a number like Jaguar, when we did the Lele, we knew already that we couldn't sell more than uh, 200 car a year or something like that because everybody talking about thousand car. We don't, but that time. Everybody was selling this kind of car, Ferrari. They were selling three or four hundred, five hundred, maximum for all the models, you know. So you say perhaps the, the car will stay in business for five years, so it's a one thousand, one thousand five hundred, one thousand car, you know. And so you you prepare everything about the one thousand. So you did some molds, not like a big company, but you did some. Uh, but the 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 Grifo, we never expect to have such a result. Because it was a very narrow inside, you know, typical like all the sports car. I thought it was just a crazy car for the people at that time. Now the market is different. At that time, the people were buying the car that they like to use all the time, you know. But we misjudged the the future of Grifo. That we, we did a lot of them. The, is the GT, or I mean the ESO Grifo, is that of the five models or four models that you built, is that your favorite model, the Grifo? No, my favorite model is a Fidia because it's oh, Fidia. a big car and was driving very well. I can go hunting, but I used to be hunting. Go with the dog, with everything. My <laughs> wife, the whole family at 250 kilometers per hour. I really enjoyed <laughs> Oh, okay. All right. Interesting. Well, now, do you have any ESOs in your own private collection? Because the last time I was down at your house, which was many, many, many years ago, there was a Griffo sitting in your garage. Uh, yeah, they are in a little museum in Sarasota. I keep them there, and after we sent from here and there where they asked me the car to go... And I have a Grifo. I have a, I have a GT that, by the way, was the, the one that raced in Le Mans. I bought all back, you know. Oh. And I had a Fidia. I have a Lele. A Lele Marlboro that was, we built very few of Lele Marlboro when we were racing his Revolta Marlboro. So they want to give a Lele to each driver or to each people that was involved in the team. And they're lighter. They're a little bit more faster. than They were or white or red because it was Marlboro. <laughs> and... Uh, I have an Izetta, but not an Iso Izetta, because they cost a fortune. I bought the Iso Izetta BMW. <laughs> oh, okay. And I have a little, a little bit of all this car, yes, yes. It's are you in Sarasota? When they ask me, they send it here and there. Okay. Yeah. I have also the Varedo. My my last car that I designed with them, with them in, in that time was a, was a very sports car with a, a, a middle engine uh-huh. in the back and was very low. was a, was a quite an interesting car. That I did the prototype. I was testing the prototype, and after I sold the company, they never put in production. And they cut the car in pieces. They want to enlarge and long and so on. So when, 
when the company closed, I went back and I bought my name back, and I bought this car back. And with the same people that built it for the first time, we, we rebuilt this car. And so I have here yeah, this car. Oh, super. And, uh, and then and after I did another Israel Revolt in the 19th, one day in Italy, they wanted to start a new production of Israel Revolt in the South, was supposed to put a lot of money on But after. And it was a Revolt to 90. It was, I think it was a real, really beautiful car, you know, for that time. But uh, they didn't start the production, so I, I, I took back all my drawing and everything, and and and, and, uh, and we have a master. Not we didn't even finish, finish the car, and 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 I said to everybody, bye bye. When you when you make your mind, I quick come back. <laughs> but it's a beautiful car, the uh, Griffon 90. Yeah. And somebody's building now the Griffon 90. Oh, are they? Yes, in Italy they reused the building on the on the chassis of the of the Corvette. Uh-huh. I went there two, three times because the chassis of Corvette, the wheelbase will be longer, so I, I, I attach a little bit the design in order to, and, uh, and and they're doing that in carbon fiber. They gave the permit to, to build 12, uh-huh. and, uh, and they're doing that. And also they're doing again the a, a, a A3C, and they're doing 12 for that because they bought 12 chassis from uh, from when the Israel Revolt closed because... The they were the chassis were building for for um, for Bizzarini. Bizzarini went out to business. We kept the chassis, and so they found the chassis. So they have a twelve original chassis. Wow! And the and and they are building this A3C. They're beautiful, beautiful car. It's only in aluminum. Is that one? What kind of motors are going to be in them? I think they use a Corvette because right. that is was was built with a Corvette. Okay. It's, it's a new what you say a production, but it's it's more than a production because. The chassis is real, right? Original. The engine, we find all the engine, and so they only have to. They only do the aluminum body. So it's a continuation car, is really what yes, it is. Yes, I gave them the permit to do twelve and eleven because they have eleven chassis. Yes. Well, that's great. That's good. It keeps the name out there. That's good. 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 People got something to look forward to. Let me ask you a question. What was your first car? Do you remember? A Giulietta. A Giulietta, an but, Alpha. But not, not the sport car. The four doors, because. I was I had a motorcycle because my father was making 148 motorcycle a day, uh-huh. and and my father was so afraid. And when so a certain moment when I arrived at 18 year old, he told me I give you a 600. That was fear. That was right. Less expensive car, and they said no. I keep my motorcycle. I never succeed to blackmail my father so well because he always was a very strong man. This uh-huh. time he he agreed. Just not to see me on the motorcycle. <laughs> he told me, but not the sports car, because it doesn't look well. The young guy goes the sports car, and so we buy a four-door, so it, it, it belongs to the family, and you can use it, and so on. But you never put your, your, your butt on the motorcycle again, never. <laughs> I promise, I, I, and, and I kept my promise. Well, that's good. Now, the, the motorcycles, the scooters that your dad built back in those days, how many cc's were they? What was the small bore, and what was the largest that they made? I think the largest was 175. The, the, the one that very successful built million was 125 cc. Uh-huh. Was it like a Vespa? Is that what it was? The scooter, yes. But we have the little. It was a kind of little motorcycle called Isomoto. Was uh, was open, but was as a small, uh, not very big wheels. Uh-huh. Was very proportional. Okay. And after I did the scooter like like Vespa Lambretta, and 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 was only we have a. a 175, when we did a lot, was a sports motorcycle, 
and after we have a 236 with the same engine of the of the of the Zeta. Uh-huh. And uh, they we did very few 600. They were they were because we're doing also they were doing also little trucks and they have a 600 uh, engine with the, like the like the BMW with the two piston one against the other. Okay. They did also few of that, but uh, they were not really. We were known for smaller stuff at that time. You know, everybody used small, small engine, and the market died because the people discovered the discovered the the cars and so Lombretto closed. Uh, Vespa, I don't know what they did. They opened after many years. You know, they survived well, and everybody, big company, was huge company. They and and so we have to find something else. We start to before we export the part to India to Brazil, but after all the this country they put uh, uh, they put uh, special condition. We have ISO Brazil, ISO India, ISO Spain, ISO. But uh, the people wanted the small car, so so that is the reason my father did the Z, and we are doing a lot of a lot of uh, little truck, you know, like the Japanese truck now, you know. Uh huh. The Izetta, when did the deal come with BMW? When did they do that, uh, your dad do the deal with the motors? Is that because Lombretta and some of those other companies that were furnishing you motors went out of business, so then you contracted with BMW to do no, it? No, 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 because in Italy we have very difficult problems. No, the engine was our, but oh. uh, uh, but no, we always built our engine in our motors. I never oh, okay. Anything. No, but uh, the Izetta, the, the, the we had a big uh, fight uh, with Fiat, you know. Fiat in Italy is really... <laughs> it's really a dictatorship. <laughs> now less, but before. And uh, and uh, so we have difficulty to sell this car. Very difficult to refinance everything. And so the BMW was uh, was in difficulty also because they, after the war they want to start again. They didn't have a real product, and and so they come and and they they built thousand, million, I don't know, many hundreds of a lot of cars, and uh, and they were paying a. a for each car, they were paying a royalty, and for us was a huge. Uh, for my father was a huge business. We did also in England. They saw the in in France was called Velum, in Brazil was called another name. So it sold this concept to many countries, and and there where we got the money <laughs> selling the concept. Wow, that's interesting. Um, we got a couple minutes left. Can you, in a short version, tell us a little bit how you got involved with uh, Formula One and how that came to fruition with ESO? Well, I, I was friends with uh, with uh, Frank Williams, and uh, oh, and uh, we said, "Wow, well, we can do Formula One, and so we can help the ESO name and so on." And uh, and they say, "Yes, but well, we find all this money, you know." We can, but that time was not like now. We can spend much less, and uh, so we found the. Uh, Support from uh, Marlboro, and uh, and we put together this team. Uh, Frank William was the manager, and uh, we raced for two years. We, we didn't do very bad. The problem that the car was very, they were good. The problem was we couldn't hire the the best uh, driver. They were too expensive, and so we were only running behind the Fittipaldi and, and Jackie Stewart. No. Okay. But we always did quite well. We were. Most of the most of the time we were before Ferraris. That was for us was important. And okay. after um, when um, when I sold the corporation, I, uh, Frank William took the the uh, the team, and he found the money from the uh, Kuwait, Dubai, I don't know, 
or Arab, I don't know, some company, Saudi, Saudi, from the Saudi, and they start his own uh, uh, Frank William theme, and, and Carworth is exactly the same, that he was make more modern, and and he was very successful. Find the money in Formula One, and you have a lot of chance to be successful. Now, the ESO Formula One car, was that something that you guys designed in-house, or how, how did the design and the car come to, to fruition? No, it was not designed in house because at that moment everything was more or less done in England. So, oh, okay. So we we have a lot of discussion here and there, and and, and Frank Williams was involved with sending people there, sending people there, so here in Italy and in, in, in but uh, even Ferrari was doing the car in 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 in, uh, in England it was much cheaper. Oh really? So, but the chassis was an ESO chassis, correct? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so you had some design influence in that car. Not too much because. Uh, I was not very experienced, you know. Okay. Um, Frank William was very experienced in that. So. How about the bodywork and the, 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 you know, not so much the chassis, but the bodywork of the car? Did you have any influence in that, the aerodynamics and stuff? Well, we, we put that in the, in the, in the, in the, this, in the, in the, to test in the, in the van thing. We went, I, I managed to have some, uh, the possibility to, to have, um, to have some place where we can do that, you know. Uh-huh. And I went there and tried to be part of the team, you know. But but um, I was very busy to run the company and to try to make a living from that company. You know, the sports car b- business are very difficult. Very difficult. Okay. So, and so then- I was supervising, but I had some very good expert in that Formula One. Well, a lot of good cars came out of it. I mean, pretty, some pretty amazing stuff, like you said. You know, the Issa Lele, the Issa Grifo, the Fidia, the Revolta, of course, and... Naturally, the little BMW Isetta. And then after you sold the business, you hopped the boat and sailed to America, right? Is that how you got here? Yes, I sailed here with the sailing boat. And uh, and I did the stupid thing after building a lot of building around here, still building, to to start to build boats. And um, the revolt uh, yachts. And uh, because I like this kind of, it's a sin in building that car at that time. But, um, but I invest a lot of money, but... No return. You just survive, and that's okay. So I keep building my building. <laughs> okay. So but you... I did very unique boats. I did um, all these are all these in the five six years ahead of the other people. That was my problem. I did, I did a ninety foot sailing boat or in carbon fiber, super fast and easy to drive, and with the keel that come up uh, across the ocean, and did all other stuff. And after we do motor motor yacht around forty forty five feet. Now we do even fishing boats, small fishing boat called Mojito. Uh-huh. They have quite a special design that, and the hull that they are around 23 feet. And now a new sailing boat I will present in uh, in Miami. It's 43 foot, very unique boat called uh, called uh, Vintage Revolt Vintage. So uh, that remember me. When I was playing with a with a car, you know. That reminds me. Okay, well, very good. Well, we're just about out of time now. If somebody wants to find out about your sailing boats, which you're still building, they can go to your website, which is Revolta Yachts, correct? Revolta Yachts. So they can go Revolta dot com and uh, it's coming the old thing. And then, if they wanted to, they could actually go down to Sarasota and perhaps even tour the facility. Right? That's a good. Oh yeah, pass- sure. Okay. They come, but they offer them a good sandwich. <laughs> a good sandwich. Okay. A good a good bologna sandwich, huh? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and they can watch and I, I write books they can see my books also on Don Revolta oh that's right yeah dot com and and read some of your poetry too because you've written a number of uh, poetry yeah. pieces my my last book was uh, 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 what is uh, Beyond 2012 
Beyond 2000. Well, you know what? I'll tell you what, Pierre, would you be willing to come on the show again? We can talk a little bit more about the yachts and maybe some other stuff and some racing and some people. Because I know you you were friends with like Pininfarine and people at Bertone, and your daughter works for Zagato. I mean, very, very well known. My, my daughter doesn't work for Zagato. She's running Zagato. Oh, she's running Zagato. Okay. So, I mean, these with, are. With her, with her husband, that is Zagato, but. But uh, I would like to be in the in the in the shoes of my husband, of her husband, because she's a tough lady. Well, she's a very nice guy, but she's a tough lady. Oh, there you go. Well, anyway, I want to thank uh, my special guest for the evening, Piero Revolta. Piero, uh, I will probably see you maybe this week. Are you going to Cavallino? I don't know. Perhaps yes. I don't know. Let me think. Okay. Well, anyway. Okay. I want to thank Pierre Revolta for taking the time out to talk to us tonight on Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Everybody else, I want you guys to drive carefully, stay safe, love your family. We'll see you at Meekums, maybe Cavalino, and don't forget the Kaiser Dever Show in Venice, Florida this weekend. We'll see you at the car shows. To the other side.